What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. In a small town on an unassuming street lives a small kid named Max. Max has a vivid imagination and dreams of a life of adventure and wonder. But above all, Max just wants someone to share in these adventures. One day, someone new enters Max's life. But this was no ordinary friend. Max's new companion was funny, kind-hearted, and, above all, loyal. However, this new friend was far from ordinary, with a unique appearance that some may find unsettling. But there was something else about this new friend, something very specific, as Max was the only one who could see them. I'm Jamie Logie, and this is Everything 80s, a podcast about a decade that forever changed the way we dress, consume, and connected. And today, it's a look back on the unique plush toy that led to an animated series, a ton of merchandise, and even a movie. This is the history of My Pet Monster. My Pet Monster is a plush doll from 1986 featuring blue hair, a fanged smile, yellowy red eyes, plastic orange handcuffs with a breakaway chain, and a variety of other colors. It's definitely not a conventional type toy. It's actually pretty bizarre. So how did this very unorthodox product come to be? Let's travel back to the mid-80s. And if you grew up during this time period, you know it was a period where gross-out humor was extremely popular on TV, toy shelves, and in movies. This may have all kicked off in 1985 with the Garbage Pail Kids trading cards. Created as a roast of sorts for the phenomenally popular Cabbage Patch Kids, the Garbage Pail Kids featured grotesque characters such as Up Chuck, Art Apart, and Junk Food John. Created by the Topps Trading Card Company, the Garbage Pail Kids were very popular and quite hated by parents and teachers. In my school, for example, they were completely banned, but we still hid them in our desks anyway. The popularity of the Garbage Pail Kids led to a 1987 movie, considered one of the worst movies of all time, and then an animated series that, because of the controversy surrounding the brand, never saw the light of day. The gross-out humor and products continued. The Mad Balls, sort of like Garbage Pail Kids in ball form, not only featured grotesque characters, but were made with several hard pieces attached. If you ever had one thrown at you by a sibling, you know what I'm talking about. 
In the mid 80s, there was also the Mad Scientist's Monster Lab. I created the Monster Lab. It's, it's too gross. First, you put monster flesh on their creepy little bones. Then pour flesh remover into the Monster Lab and bubble off their flab. Too yucky. This was a real toy where you took plastic skeletons, applied monster flesh to them, and then you could melt off the flesh in a secret froth formula that replicated an acid bath. Then there were the Boglins, a very remarkable toy that were hand puppet monster-like creatures born out of a bog. These toys were actually inspired by Jim Henson as they were designed by Tim Clark, who had worked on things like Fraggle Rock and the Dark Crystal. Boglins were a very high-quality toy and felt like movie props, but continued in that gross-out, bizarre framework. At this point in the 80s, gross-out products looked like a very lucrative industry. This also led to things like the Inhumanoids cartoon series and action figures, which featured one character that was a decaying, undead zombie dinosaur with exposed ribs and internal organs. Basically, for a lot of the toy industry, it seemed as if the MO was the grosser, the better. Even He-Man had characters like Skunk Man and Stinkor. A 1986 New York Times article reported that, quote, if it's ugly and smells, it's a hit in toy stores, unquote. Another company that wanted to get in on the action was American Greetings, the largest greeting card company behind Hallmark. They had already brought us things like Holly Hobby. This then led to a separate division called Those Characters from Cleveland, which brought us Ziggy, Strawberry Shortcake, and the Care Bears. These franchises were soon worth billions to the company. In 1985, after seeing the success of the Garbage Pail Kids, the company released a product I just mentioned, Mad Balls. But they wanted to keep this grotesque, bizarre train rolling. The various divisions of American Greetings had struck gold with some of the most popular characters and creations in history. But what else could they come up with while leaning into that more gross-out, bizarre side of the toy industry? They needed something that was more than just a ball. They needed a doll. After the phenomenal success of the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls in 1983 and 1984, Hasbro released My Buddy in 1985. My Buddy was a larger-sized doll in red overalls. It had brown hair and a baseball cap. The attitude at the time with My Buddy was to create a, quote, doll for boys. But ultimately, it was also a move to gain more of the market share. This was interesting because we're coming out of the video game crash of 1983 and a time when companies moved away from electronic toys for the time being and back into more traditional toys, like dolls, teddy bears, or cars and trucks. The industry shift away from video games is partly what led to the remarkable success of something like the Cabbage Patch Kids. 
According to grunge.com, between 1983 and 1985, shipments of dolls and traditional toys went up 111%, bringing in over $3.3 billion. That's nearly $10 billion in today's money. My Buddy was a way to capitalize on this market shift and it became a top 10 best-selling toy. My Buddy would also go on to become a big influence on Chucky from the Child's Play movies. So, what about combining the two big fads at the time? Traditional toys like a doll and the weird gross-out products. How about taking the concept of a doll like My Buddy, but grossing it up a bit? Actually, a lot. This was the foundation for My Pet Monster. Amtoy, another one of the divisions of American Greetings, handled the toy production of My Pet Monster, which was created by Ralph Schaefer, the person also behind Strawberry Shortcake. We're still dealing with older 1980s attitudes here, and like my buddy, the concept with My Pet Monster was to create a plush toy for boys. So with that in mind, My Pet Monster needed to look menacing but not too scary. What they came up with was something not only unique, but really didn't look like anything else out there. The relatively large plush doll was about 26 inches tall and had bright blue fur, yellow eyes, fangs, horns, a pink face, a green nose, and gold hands and feet with green finger and toenails. Not to mention, the orange shackles handcuffed to the body. But the original concept may have looked much different. The horror movie website Bloody Disgusting posted some pictures from a fan who got to explore the Amtoy archives. They discovered two toys that appeared to be early My Pet Monster prototypes. One looked quite different and was light blue with a purple mouth and upward-facing fangs. There was also another version that looked more familiar, but it had purple hair and a red face with even larger fangs. The goal with this new product was to create a bold toy, especially with the color combinations. This approach may have had as much to do with marketing as it was about going the bizarre and grotesque route. The extreme-looking colors could allow for My Pet Monster to really stand out on toy shelves. The toy shelves of the 1980s were a battleground, and every inch of shelf real estate was coveted. Being able to catch a kid's eye amongst an endless amount of new and epic toys was paramount. Maybe bright and bold colors could help do this. But they couldn't go too extreme with the horror element design of a monster. My Pet Monster was positioned as a bizarre toy, but still had a cartoonish-like essence to it, making it hard to ignore. But did this era of ugly, slightly horror-based, gross-out toys, including My Pet Monster, with its somewhat creepy appearance, represent something deeper? Dr. Robert Hoffman, a professor of experimental psychology, explains in a November 1986 New York Times article that a kid's taste for these products 
isn't all that surprising. He says that the interest is as old as fairy tales, which also depict gruesome creatures and cruel events. He goes on to say that, quote, kids have fears, and some of those fears have an innate basis. A fascination with creepy toys relates to that. The toys provide a way to externalize the fears, to talk about them and deal with them, unquote. Did a little kid in 1986 realize these things? Probably not. But a toy like My Pet Monster could open up a whole new world of creative play. With everything in place, My Pet Monster was about to be released to the world. But it wasn't exactly launched in the traditional way we were familiar with at this point in the 80s. Everything 80s will return after these messages. Let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Bridge Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. In 1986, My Pet Monster was finally released to the world and launched nationwide with a great marketing campaign. My Pet Monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. And he's your friend, too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away, too. With My Pet Monster, you're busting loose. He's big. And scary. But the toy was just the first piece of the My Pet Monster universe, as additional plush characters were released. Some smaller puppet-based monsters came out, including Gwonk and Wogster. There was even My Football Monster with red fur and a helmet. Depending on what country you're listening from, you may remember a few other characters and various sizes of the original My Pet Monster. So this is the 1980s, and we're living in the era where cartoon shows serve as 22-minute commercials used to promote a new toy line. It seems natural that My Pet Monster would continue this tradition, but this wasn't exactly the case at first. 
Whether they knew how big My Pet Monster could get or not, American Greetings took a different approach and released a live-action movie of sorts. Many big toys in the 1980s, like G.I. Joe and Transformers, launched their toys with a cartoon miniseries that served to introduce the mythology, characters, and vehicles. American Greetings went a different route, with a straight-to-home video release. This seems like the complete opposite approach to delivering a show right into the living rooms of kids. But at this point in the 80s, home video was becoming extremely hot, and the company wanted to capitalize on it. Other toy companies like Mattel were doing this with home video releases of shows like Barbie and the Rockers. Toy company Worlds of Wonder also did this with the Teddy Ruxpin animated series. Since home video was growing so fast through an increase in more affordable VCRs, video rental stores, and VHS sales, home video was yet another way to increase market reach. So what did American Greetings put out? It was a one-hour live-action movie simply called My Pet Monster. It starred Allison Court, Sonny Basin Thrasher, and Colin Fox. Remember those names for a little bit later. The story in this movie is about a young boy named Max. Max has trouble fitting in until one day, on a school field trip, he is turned into a monster by an ancient statue. The statue that looks like my pet monster was filled with an ancient spirit, which is passed on to Max. Kind of like the exorcist, but for kids. Max is now a big blue-furred monster with various powers. Max's sister, Melanie, helps him figure out what happened, while the two of them avoid the evil Dr. Snyder, who is trying to capture Max. The movie ends with Dr. Snyder seemingly also turning into a monster, making the My Pet Monster movie a potential pilot. Released in 1986 and filmed in Toronto, IMDb states that production began in 1985 with the hope of it being turned into a live-action series. That series didn't happen, but the primary intent of the movie to help launch the toy did seem to work. They didn't go the traditional cartoon route, but it seemed to work out. The My Pet Monster live-action movie spent an impressive 17 weeks in the top 10 rentals for kids. So the My Pet Monster live-action version didn't get a full series, but something else did. The series that you're probably more familiar with if you grew up in the 80s. Released in September 1987, the My Pet Monster animated series aired on ABC in the US and on global TV here in Canada. The cartoon version differs completely from the live-action series. In the cartoon, 
Monster is like a pet and lives with a boy named Max. Monster is alive until the handcuffs are put on him, causing him to turn into a stuffed animal. In the animated series, Max has a sister named Jill now and a neighbor named Mr. Hinkle, who believes he's living next door to a real monster, but he can never prove it. Those three roles are voiced by the actors I mentioned from the live-action movie. But Melanie from the movie is now named Jill, and Dr. Snyder is now Mr. Hinkle. The cartoon also features Beaster, a giant creature that tries to take Monster back to Monsterland. Beaster was voiced by Canadian performer Dan Hennessy, who was the voice of Braveheart Lion in the Care Bears cartoon, and George Raccoon on The Raccoons. Hennessy also provided voices for cartoon shows like Inspector Gadget, Beetlejuice, and Elf Tales. It had barely been a year, but My Pet Monster now had a line of toys, a live-action movie, and an animated series released in the fall of 1987. And speaking of the fall of 1987, this was an interesting time in animation. So many new cartoon shows were being pumped out, many to promote a new toy line, that it forced a staggered release of the many new shows. Usually, a new season of Saturday morning cartoons is all released at the same time in a big programming block. But in 1987, it was different and some shows had to debut weeks after their scheduled release dates. A 1987 LA Times article reports that this may have been because the sheer volume of animated material needed for the combined network and syndication market may have overtaxed the resources of the overseas production departments. With no restrictions on what could be advertised to children, and cartoon shows acting as commercials, we are right in the middle of the Wild West of marketing to kids. And they couldn't get their cartoons out fast enough. But around this time, there was also a tonal shift in the world of animation. The focus for the cartoons of 1987 was what they called soft animation. After years of fighting robots, battling militaries, and action-adventure, the approach was more on humor than adventure. The animation style this year also changed, as there was a shift from more lifelike appearing characters like G.I. Joe or Gem and the Holograms to characters that looked rounder, cuter, and younger. It's the year that gave us Hello Kitty's Furry Tale Theater, the Fraggle Rock cartoon, and the Little Clowns of Happy Town. And then, of course, My Pet Monster, the show that the LA Times called the most likable series of the new season. My Pet Monster also followed this newer and softer animation style, both in look and tone. The LA Times notes that an evil character like Beaster was considered weak and more like the Tasmanian devil than something menacing. 
They describe the My Pet Monster cartoon as having, quote, relationships among the main characters that are warmly delineated and the designs have a nice cartoony quality, unquote. We were slowly moving into a new era of animation. The My Pet Monster cartoon was a big hit in my household, and to me, it always seemed as if the show ran longer, but it only lasted for one season of 13 episodes, finishing up in mid-December of 1987, just in time for Christmas. With its very Adams Family-like intro and a beloved character, the My Pet Monster cartoon is remembered fondly by many. Again, impressive considering how short the run really was. At this point, a ton of other My Pet Monster merchandise flooded the market. Shirts, coloring books, board games, all the usual things were there. Even though its run on TV and toy shelves was relatively short, My Pet Monster still made a significant impact on 1980s pop culture. The impact was significant enough that other companies offered My Pet Monster S toys trying to capitalize on the popularity. And the legacy of My Pet Monster has continued long past the 1980s. DVD sets of the cartoon series were released in the mid-2000s, and in 2001, a 22-inch talking My Pet Monster was released. In 2012, a My Pet Monster mobile app was released. In 2015, a company called Creepy Company put out various My Pet Monster products for the 30th anniversary of the strange blue creature. In 2018, toy company Hasbro took over the My Pet Monster brand. And in 2019, some smaller action figures were released. In 2020, Funko released a pop My Pet Monster. And in 2022, a fan-made film directed by James M. Storm called Meet My Pet Monster was released by JS Company Productions. Were the gross-out, bizarre toys and products of the mid-80s like My Pet Monster a backlash to all the sweet and wholesome toys of the early 80s? Did products like the Cabbage Patch Kids, Strawberry Shortcake, and the Smurfs lead to the strange new wave of bizarre products that were the opposite of lovable? Did the Garbage Pail Kids, the parody response to the wholesome Cabbage Patch Kids that became an unexpected runaway hit, create this whole movement? It's hard to tell. But during the 1980s, in a time of unprecedented new toys and product lines, it seemed obvious to hop on any current trends and ride that wave as long as possible. My Pet Monster may be the spokesmonster for this entire movement. So that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, here are some previous shows of mine for further listening related to this one. I have episodes about things I mentioned in this show, including the history of the Transformers, a show on Gem and the Holograms, a show on the iconic Canadian cartoon, The Raccoons, an episode about Teddy Ruxpin, and a show about the explosive growth of home video and video rental stores in the 80s. 
But besides those ones, there are a ton of other episodes for you to dive back into to remember this great period in time. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Everything 80s podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on new episodes. So thank you again so much for listening and spending your time with me here today. I'm Jamie. This has been Everything 80s, but I'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.